Thanks for having me on today. Um, <laughs> it's been a while, um, a bit of a hiatus, but yeah, back and ready to go in 2024. Have you been off the pun as well, Tom? No. Yeah. No. No, no, no. I've cut down for sure. That's good stuff. Yeah, I've bloody... Look, I'm I'm pretty much down to just putting a quaddy on, a couple of quaddies on on the weekend, maybe a little multi as well. Of course, multis they just they run really well, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. I I haven't hit anything since I started going back to paper and off the apps. Yeah, well, it's hard because you don't have that option to like you know how you get those last minute things or you see some mail come through or something like that. You gotta physically get in your vehicle to get down there. Like the convenience of it yeah. is lost. Yeah, I know. Although there was that UFC um multi that I sent chalk money to put on and nearly picked the bloody whole card or something. Yeah, which was awesome. It's yeah. great for me. Because I have no idea. I just love look I my most exciting thing, because I don't have access to watching those UFC fights. I don't have that pass that you and Corbs have. But yeah. I always love like Putting the bet on as soon as you send it through in the morning or or on the um the Friday leading up to the fights anyway, and then like refreshing my account and realizing I've got a decent amount of cash in there. It's so nice. It's actually a really good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do miss the apps for the convenience for sure. But I think if it's if it's getting to towards the fact if it's becoming a negative behaviour for you, I think it's good to go down the cash route because you can limit everything and it's not as easily accessible like right now you and i could log on to we could log on to one of our apps watch sky racing one and start betting on greyhounds like that oh, no. it's, just, it's just way too convenient it is crazily accessible but yeah it's definitely better it definitely probably was becoming a negative um behavior but i'll i, I will say i will never stop completely stop <laughs> you love it too much yeah it's too much fun I like that I'm the same as you as long as you're in control I'm in control good good I'm in control yeah yeah I'm in control you gotta get Wait. a little bit out of control to get to really get in control though you know what I mean <laughs> is, that, is that a con theory or is that just a theory well, I don't. Well, it's not. It's, it's just a theory because you're never really in control unless you've been out of control. That's true. You wouldn't know That's what good. control is. <laughs> well, this is true. Very, very true. <laughs> now, how how much control are you going to have this weekend coming into Magic Moon? None. No, yeah. No, good. No. Nah. Yeah. Just the just the usual. What do you? Well, what do you think? Can you? You might have to tell me what to do. Like, I'm obviously going to put on a quaddy, but um. You're gonna to have to tell me how how else to use the money. Well, we got the hundred dollar strategy. Now, I had to give a bit of a shout out. There's a guy that listens to this called Steve Smith. He lives up north of Brisbane, so he was the one who threw me the feedback regarding the hundred dollar strategy. And 
it didn't really go off with a bang last weekend with us breaking even, but the big bet obviously came off, which was good. So that's, I guess, a little taster of how I approach the punt. In I'll usually have anyway, anywhere between, well, I've had one bet uh, with Tamerlane that weekend, but I'll usually approach it where if one of my bets comes off, then I'll break even, and then if two of them come off, then I'm going to profit. So it's kind of like that. So what did, approach- St- what did Steve Smith do? Was that his idea? Yeah, so he was a he's a um a listener of ours and he sent through that he he like like he thinks that the ramble that I have has its place, but sometimes it can get a bit beyond your just average punter. So he yeah. said, How about you throw something in where it's easy to just recognise and go, bang, this is how Brendan's gonna approach it or head to South Oracle's gonna approach it and then it's easy to follow. Yeah. So I've, we've, I've, I've drawn up another one. I've got a couple at odds this weekend for everyone. So it's a bit juicy, this one, of how I'm going to spend my $100. Do you know, I'm glad that feedback's going to you because, to be honest, I've been getting feedback like that since we began. <laughs> and I've been telling them to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I basically said this isn't punters preschool. I like that. <laughs> Well, I think the good thing is we've given people tutorials over the last 12 months. It's been, all right, this is what a unit is and this is how it's used. And now we're giving them $100 strategies as well. So they're they're getting a couple of options there. So there should be no excuses now moving forward. Yeah, we shouldn't shouldn't embrace the baby punters. We shouldn't push them away. Exactly right. Let them come in. Welcome them into the community. I always wonder though, how long does it take somebody doing it to actually, like I feel there's people who do it and they will just get, they will like learn it quicker and like want to learn it more and they'll work it all out for themselves. And then there's people that have been doing it for years that Mm -hmm. wouldn't even know what a Quinella is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know plenty of like old timers that I'll speak to at work who wouldn't know what an exotic is, but all they do is go each way plays. And they'll go, the thing is they'll go each way plays on a $2.50 pot where it's like a $1.30 a place. Cause they just, that's just what they know. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just great. Everyone has their different way of punting. You know me, like I'm very anti multi. Um, you guys love them. Um, I'm just a simple, just back to win. And that's pretty much how I approach it. Yeah. Which is probably, now you've tried to work out. You've spent hours and years working out uh, a you know strategy or strategies. But I was actually thinking the other day when we were at the pub that um it feels really designed to make it as hard as possible to win. All yeah. of it, all of it though, like not just horses. Yeah, it's well, it's it's certainly geared towards the um the bookmaker. Which is no surprise, really, when you think about it. But don't you think they could afford to... My issue is, I feel like they could afford to make it a little bit more reasonable for the punter. Like, a little bit easier to win, because, sure, I would love to see how much money they make compared to how much money they pay out. Well, funnily you say that, I've got some stats for you for last year. No way. Yeah. So, total annual losses, you ready for this? Mm. On poker machines in Australia last year was thirteen billion dollars. Holy fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now, how much do you reckon wagering on sports would be? Sports and racing. So we'll combine them both together. Of racing would have to be more. Do you mean like oh, how much of that? Uh, how much no, no. So remember, remember, poker machines yeah, was yeah. thirteen billion. How much do you reckon on sport, including horse racing, greyhounds, and trotters? How much do you reckon was lost with that? Oh, probably eighteen billion. Four point six billion. Wow, really? Yep. So about just shy of four, around forty percent of it. Forty percent difference. Well, I guess all the all the old retirees and stuff are in there just pumping the pokies like every day. And then you look at it like as a percentage then. So you think of a hundred percent of gamblers, thirty eight percent bet on racing, and that's all three um types. And then thirty three percent of gamblers are pokey players. Obviously there's going to be crossovers there with people who play multiple, but <laughs> you look at it like that. So forty percent of players and forty percent of losses are attributed to um to racing. And then the rest is essentially contri- uh, that other thirty three percent of of pokey players contributes to thirteen billion dollars in losses. Jesus Crazy ad. Crazy to think like that, and then yet we're getting the ad saying the odds are you're about to lose, but you don't see many of them going around in a pokey thing outside of those posters up on the wall that no one looks at. Yeah. Crazy ad. God, that's a lot of money. Oh yeah. But think about the injection that does into the economy. Yeah. Does it? So what? That does go back into the economy? Well, it goes back into the bookmaker who then does, offers jobs to people and people get jobs. People spend money with that wage or that. But that who does the pokies? Who's the po- who owns the pokies? Um, the, well, the aristocrats, isn't it? Isn't there, isn't there two sorts of poker machines? And then people have the license for Yeah, it's a type of poker machine. That's And that's what they call it. Wow. I think, I think it was called the Aristocrat was the one, and there's another type of poker machine as well. Oh, fucking so hell. So like, there's only like two types of poker machines, I think, in Australia. But I could be wrong here. Someone will probably send you a social media and you can tell them to piss off. But um, from my <laughs> understanding is there's two po- types of poker machines. And then they're the ones that are licensed throughout Australia. I wonder how much they get taxed on that. Anyway, we won't. Yeah, we digress. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that is scary, man. To be honest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. puts in perspective. I. Uh... Yeah. Wow. I can't believe pokies are that much more than horse racing and stuff. Yeah, it's a shit ton more. Right. Well. Anyway. We move on. Yeah. Why don't we touch on this weekend's racing? So, boring weekend in review. Nine units spent for an 8.75 unit return. We were quite, like I said to you, I think you guys in the text thread, I was quite conservative with the unit staking given the impending weather down there in, in Gold Coast and whether or not the track was going to hold up. Obviously, it clearly did hold up, which was fantastic. Um, our main bet in Ray McNario came off, which was fantastic. Warby got too far back. Made to fit was a really good run. Just the top, the heavy weight and 1,300 metres was a bit too far. Spywire was good. Arts Object, which we funnily enough I made a mention of in the wave, came out and ran really well. And then the two Friday, well, the Friday set was pretty poor. I think it was a really unlucky run. The race shape was against uh, Bangetta. So not a huge amount in review. 
Um, and two horses that I want to follow, there's one called Passima, which was in the sixth race there at Gold Coast. Uh, I thought the horse was enormous in that race behind Barassi. Now, Barassi came out and almost broke the track record after being a one-start maiden, I think it was. Um, he certainly had his issues, and he's only having a second start at five years old. Um, it was one of the only horses to make up, make up ground down the outside there at Gold Coast on the weekend, so follow it. So it's Passima, P-A-S-I-M-A. And then you got So Good, So Cool, which was at, in Randwick Race 8. Uh, a lot of interference. Popped a really good sectional between the four and the two and then ran up asses again. And he actually goes around this weekend. So we'll touch on that when we briefly touch on the Rose Hill meet. Okay. Hey, um, with the Gold Coast uh, and these two-year-olds, that's Spywire. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be favourite for the Magic Millions? Now, nah, Storm Boy, I think, will be his favourite. Like, I went through and had a look through at all the pros and your, your bookmaker tippers, and everyone is on Storm Boy, even though I wasn't super impressed by that win that it had up here. Obviously, it had a bit of a tough run in transit, but um, I'm not I'm not super convinced. And Spywire, Spywire was good. I really liked the way it went about its business last weekend. It copped a lot of pressure from a couple of those outsiders, and the way he absorbed it and then kicked on the bend was really impressive to watch. I think you've got to be a bit flattered by the margin, one, because it didn't beat a whole lot. Two, it was one of those days at Gold Coast last weekend where it was beneficial to be probably in lanes one to five and ideally up and in. So a lot of the horses, if you go back and look at all the winners, every single one of them came from um, either lanes one to five, so those inside draws. So that was the probably the best ground to be in. So I think you can be flattered by that. And... I think if you go back and look at the times, Arabian Summer, which was the, the female version of Spywise Race, um, actually clocked probably a one-length quicker time on the same track. Yeah, okay. Um, Storm Boy, have you seen that movie? The, oh, which one was that? Is that it's the, boy, the Boy and the Pelican. Yes, I was going to say a boy and a bird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know of it. Uh, might be worth a watch. It's old. How old are we talking? Like, is this going to be the one where the pixel, yeah. it's going to be really like, yeah, pixelated yeah. and I won't be able to I enjoy it? I saw it when I was in like year two, I think. Was it for an assignment or was it like no, an I actual... Was, no, I just watched it. But it was <laughs> old. It was older than that. Oh, yeah? So it's pretty old. I'll have to look. I swear I have the book at home somewhere. I swear mum and dad bought me the book at some point. Yeah, there's something like iconic about it. Anyway, it's a good name for a horse. Um, I actually haven't seen Storm Boy run. So it it was. Well, do you want to touch on that race? What we're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Okay. So what, before we touch on that race, so Gold Coast um, Magic Millions, as as we've we've touched on already, one of the best punting carnivals I think you can go around because you find that a lot of a lot of the best horses seem to win these races. Odds maybe not so much would suggest that, but the best horse usually wins. Now, the rails are out two metres from the 950 to the 400-metre mark and then through the remainder. So just take note of how that was last weekend. Whether we've got light showers have been predicted all week with up to 15 mils are going to be on Saturday. So I suspect given how well the track drained after that 200 mil um amount of rain that you guys got over the new year's period i think you i think we'll probably be in the soft soft five soft six range come race time yeah okay it has been pretty wet down here 
Um, yeah. Pretty dry today, so I'm not sure what the forecast is looking like leading into the weekend, but... But currently the the track's rated a soft six at us talking right now at what? See, didn't they just no. do that up to have the drainage better? Yeah, correct. And as you can see, it's clearly pretty damn good. 200 mil of rain and we're racing on a good four only days later. It's pretty incredible, eh? Is it, when is it going to be a good four on Saturday? Uh, well, I reckon it'll start a good four. It's a soft six now. And what we've got no, we've got probably a shower or two predicted between now and Saturday. And then the rain's apparently meant to come on Saturday, but who bloody knows? Yeah, right. Well, so I've, I've yeah. everything that I've done for tonight for Magic Millions is rated off a soft five, soft six track. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, in this race... So this is race eight we're talking about here, listeners. So this is the two-year-old classic. So big, one of the big ones, worth $3 million, 1.7, just under one, over $1.7 million to the winner. So not bad for a two-year-old who's arguably had maybe two, three starts. Um, we've got a good speed map here. So we've got um, Wolfgang, who will likely use the inside draw and probably kick up there. You've got Mashani Aloha, which... Uh, and a Mashani Ego who will probably also be up there, as they always do. And then you've got Stormboy and Spywire, who are both likely to roll forward. So I think there's going to be a decent enough amount of pressure. And I'm, I'm that's why I have little concerns for the Stormboy and Spywire, because my worry for them is that they're going to be probably taking each other on and probably eyeballing each other. And given the fact that they're very inexperienced two-year-olds, the chances are they might burn each other. Yeah, okay. So, like I said about Stormboy when we were discussing it earlier, I wasn't super sold on his second up run there in the BJ McLaughlin. Um, he didn't beat a great deal. Um, like it, it was, it was a decent enough win, and there was a, there was a decent margin back to to second place. I think it was about two and a half lengths, but that second place was poster girl. Like you go back and through, there's not there's not really much in that race. I just can't justify the two dollars fifty for a guy given given the race shape that he's likely to experience on Saturday. We've then got Spyway, who we also touched on. Now, that race that, that um, it won last week was a pretty good race. Like I said, it was over the 1,100 metres, absorbed a lot of pressure and kicked on the bend. I think it was aided by how the track was playing on the day. And like I said as well, with Arabian Summer, it was actually one length slower. We've then got Highness, who's actually my pick in this race. So yeah. I thought... I thought, I, well, I know I spoke to you boys about it. I thought Straight Charge, the gay bot horse, um, who was originally planned to be coming here, would have absolutely pissed this race in. But it's unfortunate that it pulled up with some sort of issue that needed treatment and wasn't going to be um, well enough in time to, to run in this race. But, yeah, you go back and watch Highness's run. So he raced in that two-year-old classic behind, um, sorry, with Spywire, and those two put a gap all the way back to farm toke uh, by 5.3 lengths. So the the race actually rated quite well. Now, there was a lot of talk in the media about Tyler Schiller's ride there on Spywire and whether he actually made a huge jockey error and didn't ride the horse out thinking he'd already run the uh, won the race. But you go back and watch it, and I think the horse was just vulnerable, and I think it just showed his, his youth as a or his inexperience as a horse because he just got floundering. Because in highness in that race, like if you go back and watch it, um, the horse was, um, he was all over the shop coming around that bend and it might've been him getting a, 
like adjusting to the the Wyong track, but the um, Tommy Berry had the whip in the left hand, and as soon as he shifted it to the right hand, um, Pinus took off, and it clocked some very very good sectionals coming home. He then went to the trials there on the 29th of December over the 900 metres there at Rose Hill. Again, Tommy Berry in, in the saddle. And I love the way he sat just behind the speed, which is where I think he's going to be in this run from barrier four. And he just picked off that leader of that trial, couple of whips, cracks of the whip, and he just took off. And he ended up winning the trial by just shy of three lengths. Yeah, okay. So I think he's a really, really good chance in this race. Like I said about Arabian Summer, also comes out of that Ballarat two-year-old race, which in history says it's quite a junk race and rarely ever produces anything decent or anything that's really performed in this in this Magic Millions race on the Gold Coast. And then we've got Parkour, which is um, the Godolphin runner there. Now it's drawn really poorly. Um a lot of people said the win at Randwick was quite good over the 1,200 metres under car. I thought it was shit ass. It was five and a half lengths slower than the highway on the same day. So I don't think it rated well. Yeah, there's a lot of these horses drawn out wide, bit of speed out wide, isn't there? Yeah, and without sounding negative, I think this is one of the weaker two-year-old classics that I've seen in recent times. And I think the three-year-olds, you can probably say the same thing about. Yeah. It does look a bit thin, doesn't it? Um, mm. Do you think in these ra- these Magic Millions, um, more often than not, it's the horses that come in? Do you think it's just kind of easier to pick? Like, but but it you is know, because they're all restricted races. So unless you're a ma- unless you've qualified via one of the kind of ballot exemption races, you have to be a Magic Millions sale horse. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of the time two-year-olds are so unpredictable. But for some reason, I feel like this race, the favourites get it done a lot. Yeah, they do. They do. Like you think about some of the boss dog horses that have come out and won this race before, like Capitalist, um, Sunlight, Hootson, um, Cool and Gatter. Like there's some pretty decent horses that have come out and won this race. Yeah. A lot and of people been... don't, don't really go on with it though, do they? No, they don't really, and that's and that's the sad thing about it. But it's it's I think that's the common thing with two year olds though, because you'll find that the horses aren't fully developed. So if you race them early, you've got to try and get those riches or those stud deals, like these kind of races or the slipper, to get them some sort of stud deal, which is going to obviously prolong the money coming in for you as an owner. And um, a lot of these horses, some of the horses coming up as two-year-olds, they're just not ready for the racetrack, whether they haven't fully developed mentally or physically, and then trainers are quite conservative and roll them out in their in their latter years. Like, I know Daya, my girl, she came out as, uh, as a three-year-old, and she was quite a mature-age three-year-old when she had her debut, just because we didn't want to bring her on too quickly, given the fact that we were hoping to race her for three, four, five years, ideally, in a perfect world. Yeah, she looked good the other the other week. She did. So, yeah, bit of a heads up for everyone. We've got four races in mind for her between the 19th and the 25th of Jan, all over around the 2,000 metres. So keep an eye out for her because I think she's going to be a great chance wherever she goes. Lovely. So, yeah, so in the two-year-old race, then I think my pick is is clearly going to be backing Highness. I think Tommy Berry's hungry. I think from barrier four, we're in those inside lanes, which is what was a beneficial place to be last weekend. 
Um, I think the horses, well, the horses by Snitzel, so the the chances are it's going to handle the soft going. And if you go back and watch that trial there at Rose Hill, that was on the soft six, and the horse was absolutely swimming through that and and gliding through it. So I don't think the the soft track is going to harm its chances at all. And I think with Stormboy and Spywire drawn um, ten and uh, twelve respectively, I think their likelihood is going to burn each other. And and with those two hundred to one shots in in all the Mashanis, I think it's going to be um. Uh, set up for a horse just behind the speed to find the gaps. And I think uh, Highness looks that horse. Yeah, okay. That's not a bad price. Um, what about quaddy numbers? Uh, quaddy numbers, I'd probably just go uh, one and four. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so, well, where are we? Do you want to stay here at the Goldie then? Let, why don't we just keep going with the Goldie? So, I'll touch on race four. Uh, we'll do what? Race four. I'm just going through it. Race eight, uh, race nine, and race ten. Okay. Sound plan. So race four here. So race four is a really good race. There's a couple of black bookers in here, and and we've got the Queensland Warhorse in Rothfire as well. So this is the Magic Millions Open over 1300 meters. So it's a handicap. Hence why Rothfire is carrying 61 kilos, and a horse by the name of Hatchet is carrying 52. Um, speed map, lot of speed again. Probably as a reach will likely roll forward with Chinny Boom and Steady Ready. I think um the likelihood is Situation Room will also be there, and I think Rothfire from Barry Sixteen will will always kind of roll forward. And we, given his gate speed, I think he'll fight. He'll be. I don't think he'll burn a huge amount of energy trying to get over. But if one of these kind of roughies decides to kick up a stink and um and keep him out wide it could be harmful for his chances yeah it's uh he keeps lumping around this massive weight doesn't he it's kind of hard to watch i reckon what did you think of him in the um the toowoomba race the king of the mountain um i think he's kind of he's looked pretty disappointing the last couple of times i've watched him to be honest well, I like he. I think he, he SP'd a dollar eighty. So the market loved him last start there at Toowoomba. Yeah, he look, drew barrier. He drew barrier twelve. Carried the sixty kilos, and then you go back and watch that race. Another fifty meters and steady, ready, Master Jamie, and probably that all that pizzazz and legal spree will probably overtaken him. Yeah, and so like he goes up. Could be the yeah, well, could be the big weight, but I mean. I don't know. I, I haven't liked the look of it, to be honest. I, I just get a bit worried watching him carry big weight around too because he's had that injury and whatnot. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think given the fact that he goes up one kilo from that, he's still drawn out wide and then he's conceding weight. Now, I think this race is a much better race than what he faced there in the King of the Mountain. Yes, he faces a couple of horses that he did face in that race, but you've got to remember this is a step up in trip to 1,300 metres where I think he's going to be more vulnerable, particularly given that big weight. So, to be honest, I'm pretty keen to bet around him in this race. Listen, he is, without a doubt, the lay of the day. You reckon? I think so. Barrier 16. He's got these fucking young studs on the up with 52 kilos and whatnot. He's he's, he's not going to do it, get it done. I feel I feel like he's vulnerable. I agree with you. Yeah. Big time. And then you've got, like, you go back and through this, like you've got a horse by the net, like Hatchet, who we we were quite keen on last start when it was first up. Um, I don't think Michael Rod can ride 52 kilos, hence why uh, Robbie Dolan, your mate, is riding it. Yeah. Um, 
the horse, like I said, was fantastic in that class six two weeks ago. Trialled up awesome uh, leading up to this. His second up record is fantastic. Three wins, two, um, three starts, sorry, two two wins in a second. That barrier four, again, he's drawn inside really nicely just to park up behind a speed exactly like he did last start. And with 52 kilos, I think that's fantastic for him. Yeah. He's a good little horse. Yeah. Then you got Chinny Boom. Proved to me, like, I, I had doubts that she could run a strong 1,200 metres. So she was really good last start um, in that uh, – uh, Nudgy Stakes, I think, which was won by Lady Laguna. She, Lady Laguna, obviously had the, the suck run up the rails and, and Chinny Boom came down the outside. The concern for me is now another step up in trip to 1,300 metres, whether or not um, she's going to be able to do it. But I guess we'll wait and see. Um, does get in lightweight, which will obviously be great for her, and it does get a regular jockey. Um, she's blown out a little bit though. If you go in the market, so open around the seven dollar mark, and now I can see with sports bet, um, she's blown to eight bucks. Mm. You're gonna then got Steady Ready, who, like we said, was in that race there in the King of the Mountain. The horse meets Rothfire five kilos better at the weights and steps up to thirteen hundred meters, which I think is a better suited for Steady Ready. How does it not uh, beat Rothfire home? And look at Rothfire's barrier too. I know. That's what I mean. Like it, it just it. The odds are quite interesting, I guess, because you got to look at it. Like Rothfire's price is probably anchored by his his SP profile. Like every race he's ever been in, he's probably been under five dollars. And any of these kind of restricted races, like a Magic Millions, where the quality of the field is not like what he would face in a Group One, he's going to yeah. start with a a one one dollar ninety two, like in black figures or red figures even. Yeah, he's yeah he's got a. Yeah, so I think the thing steady ready is a great chance, given the fact that the way that um, he's he trucked up the hill there to Wimber gives me every indication that thirteen hundred meters should be fine. Obviously, drops like big in weight to fifty two kilos and does get Jamie Carr. You then got Situation Room, who I think will roll forward is the ten fifty to thirteen hundred meters after winning a BM ninety at Doombin. Um, I don't think. He'll see out the trip. Now, the horse that I'm really keen on in this race outside of Hatchet is Boom Talk, and I sent that to you through to you boys um, on, was it Wednesday? Yes. Yeah, so I've I've taken a, a price of $20 about this guy, and he's into, what, $11 now? Yeah. Jeez, that would have been nice. Yeah, so Black Booker, obviously, we, we put him in the Black Book two weeks ago after his unlucky run there first up. Um, it was widely televised by Matty uh, Dunn that the horse wasn't fit and that he needed the run. He's probably 80% fit, and Matty just wanted to see him really hit the line strongly. And I think if you go back and watch that race, he gets clear running down the outside. I think he would go close to winning that that race, that BM70. So he drops a massive 9.5 kilos from that run. He's drawn barrier 8 to, again, within those inside barriers to to stalk that speed. He gets Michael D on board. Um the only thing, like, I guess there's only a slight query, but given his breeding and, and the way he's, he's gone about his business, I don't think there's any issue is him jumping up from 1110 to, to the 1300 metres. But I think given the huge weight drop and the fact that he's now probably fit, I think he's another ripping chance. Yeah, interesting. A lot of money for him. Has there been only been one scratching? Yeah. Yeah. So I money. think ever, and, but you go looking like sport, I think the sports bet tips just tipped him. No doubts, just horse racing. Um, Adam Page is probably um, 
I haven't even checked, but I've no doubt he's probably said something as well, whether um, his long shot or his win or whatever it may be. So I, th- I can see why with the with a lot of the pros tipping it, people are going to get on board at, at that $20 price or thereabouts. Yeah, definitely. So I think for me in this race, betting-wise, I'll probably have um, probably a me- low to medium wager on Hatchet if I was betting. Again, I don't bet until race days. Most of you are probably all aware. And then I also I've got my bet on Boom Talk there at, at the big price. Yeah, nice. I wouldn't even mind playing a trifecta here with like five or six horses in it and leaving out Rothfire. That's what really I'm going to do. One. Well, yeah, it will definitely include Steady Ready, Boom Talk, Show Me Mercy um, is another one. So it's an emergency for the three-year-old race. I think if it makes gets in the field here, definitely include it. I wouldn't be um, letting it go around. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a, I mean, yeah, there's a few good ones in there at, at decent odds. Yeah. So, yeah, have a play around because you, you could get a good price about things, particularly if Rothfire does shorten. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, what race are we going to next? Let's go to race seven now. So this is the snippet. So it's a set weights and penalties, 1,200-meter race. Um, speed map, there's another one, another race where there's a good amount of speed. I think Petronius and Space Boy will both burn each other off. I think Noble, uh, Noble Style has been rolling forward in her runs, and then we've got Bo Rumble there who actually almost knocked off Hatch at last start. So I guess we'll get a good form reference from race four as to how Bo Rumble is going to be looking towards this race. Mm-hmm. Now, you know how we're talking about lays. What's your thoughts on King of Sparta here? Uh, I think he's way too short. Yeah, so do I. Um, pretty good for us last year here, though, wasn't he? Yeah, well, maybe we made him a bet. Nash was on. I think he was the same I think he's, price. He's, he's, won, he's won at this race. Uh, he's won at this race meet um, last two years. So he won the three-year-old. I'm just going back and looking through. So he won He won the Magic Moon Sprint last year, beating Shooting for Gold. James McDonald on board. And then the year before that, he won the three-year-old classic with uh, Nash on board. Yeah, right. Where is Nash? Uh, he's here. He's yeah, got a couple. He's got, um, I know he's got Lock Eagle. I think it's Lock Eagle in, in the 1,400-meter race, the Magic Millions Cup. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, what about you? You think you think King of Sparta's a lay? Well, I just look at it. I think he's the class horse in this field. And if you go back and look at his form lines, he's beat. He's had form around Ammon, who's a horse that I think is going to really jump um, out of his skin next prep in the autumn and become, stamp himself as a new sprinter on the scene. You've got Cole Crusher, who absolutely demolished them in the Hunter. Um, you've got Bella Nipotina, who's one of ours, obviously. And so you look at those form lines and you think, well, you can justify the dollar eighty given he's drawn barrier three. The concern I have for him, though, is what he, where he's going to get, um, where he's going to be in run from barrier three. And if J-Mac tries to, to get him a bit more positive with some uh, in run, I'm not sure. And if he, like, I guess if he misses the starter, he's not as eager, then is he going to be um, pocketed on the rails around slow horses trying to navigate his way through the straight? I don't know. I've got a bit of, bit of concerns about him. Jeez, I was just looking at all that form. It is pretty good, isn't it? It is form, but I've, I've got some tie-ins with a few others, which I'll touch on. So then we've got Natuno. So Natuno, I'm still not sure what happened with it two starts ago. Um, behind Zoo Style and the George Moore, like I, th- I know he was backed quite um 
quite convincingly, and he, he put in a flat one. Um, he was much better at his next start in the Falvalon behind Zarastro. He's drawn really badly, though, in Barrier 14. Yeah, true. And and I don't think the Gold Coast track is going to be as forgiving as, say, an Eagle Farm track where you've got that big, long straight to to really regather yourself and hit down. The yep. good thing is, though, he has won at this track and trip before, albeit in much weaker company. Yep, okay. You then got Rose Quartz, D, Beg Combo. Um, Hershey's got a really good record at the distance, six starts for three wins, three seconds. Um, this is, funnily enough, in her career, this is the first time she's going clockwise. She's only raced the Melbourne way in her entire career. Yeah, right. So that's interesting. She does draw really nicely in Barry 7 to sit just behind that speed. So I think she could be a good chance there. And you can see around that $9 mark, she really hasn't been met with a huge amount of support, but I know the bookies are keeping her quite safe. Yeah, then got shooting for gold who beat home prince of boom steady ready situation room who we who are actually going around in earlier races so we'll get a good idea about those form heading into it um he's got a good record at the track and distance two starts a win and a second at the only problem i have for him is his racing pattern he just gets too far back in his runs and again i sound like a broken record you look at the last two two track meetings there at this new gold coast track it is making it very hard to make ground down the outside for sure. So these two, the the horses that we're going to talk about now, the two horses that I think have really good chances, and the first one is hard to say. Uh, so I, think this, I was going to say so, that. So this is the forgotten horse in the market, and I really can't fault the horse. So back in November, he knocked off Recommendation and Insurrection and Cinewan and Rocketing by and Rubicuous in the choice, I think the choice wire, I think it's a BM100 over the 1,100 metres there at Randwick. All right. Now, recommendation and insurrection have both gone on to win black type races since, most recently the Canterbury Sprint. And then you can tie in hard to say with King of Sparta because Rocketing Buyer was beaten convincingly by hard to say by 5.3 lengths. When, uh, when if you go back and look the Hunter, King of Sparta finished second and, and uh, was only one and a half lengths ahead of Rocketing Buyer. Yeah, okay. All right, and then you go back and then Rubicuous was 7.5 lengths back in the same race, and he actually beat home shooting for gold point by 0.3 of a length last start. So you can kind of tie in a few of these horses with the Sydney form. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't mind something at a bit of value. I don't, yeah, King is, I, then, I think King of Spider's too short. And then you go back and look at the trial there over the 800 metres there at Newcastle. It was a really nice trial from hard to say. Um, has a great first up record, four starts, two wins and a third. And barrier two, I think this horse can sit. He's got good gate speed and probably can sit in that first few and let those speed horses burn each other and it'll be right up there ready to launch at them late. And the fact that Ashley Morgan has flown up from Sydney and is foregoing a lot of country races just to ride this horse says enough to me. Bit of intent. Yeah, I think there is. So I think he's the forgotten horse. And then we've got Baller there who was in the black book. Um, he had a fast finishing fourth and George Moore behind Zustal there. Uh, he had a really decent trial there on the 28th of December. And he's actually got a really good record at the distance and has won at the track and trip before. Um, and again, the barrier draw has been really kind to him. So, And he's been met with some markers support as well. Because I know when I looked at him, he's around the $13 mark. And now he's what into third favourite around or second favourite around the $8.50 mark. Yeah, I've got him at eight. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I think that's wise. I'm going to be betting around King of Sparta. I certainly won't be laying him because I think he's still a ripping chance. But I think I'll be having some bets on hard to say and baller as I both think they've drawn favourably. And I both think they're this. I've got a few pots on Rose Quartz, Natuno shooting for gold, Petronius and a few of the other horses in this race. Yep. Okay. I like that. Now... There we go. We've done race eight. Let's go to race nine, which is the three-year-old. Yep. Race so nine. I don't actually... Have... I don't actually have a huge opinion in this race because I think it's quite junk. Uh, it's one of the weaker three-year-old races I've seen. And you go back and look at it, and a lot of them have been racing against each other, and, and it's a diff- it's been a different winner every time. Yeah, for, the okay. speed map, for, for the speed map for this race, is, there's another fast tempo set because there's a lot of speed horses. So I think Keenan, if he makes the field, will roll forward from barrier two. Zuforia being a gay bot horse will be there from barrier six. Royal Tribute and Infatuation, The King, Weagle Tiger and Vanquish have all led in their last few starts. So I think they'll all roll forward from their wider barriers. Um, like Chrysor, Sofrado, Abounding, Show Me Mercy and Zuforia, well, they met each other last start and a few of them have met, even, met each other even the start before that. And I think on any given day, I think any of them could knock off each other. So I've kind of penned that form going through into this race. We've then got Royal Tributes win uh, in the Gosford Guineas, which was pretty shit house, and it only just beat Infatuation. And if you go back and look at the times, it was actually three lengths slower than the Class 4 on the same day. And Royal Tribute trialled up like he's trialled up horribly leading up to that run. So I'm pretty confident that that race is not going to really produce a great deal of form. And then we've got VC. So that's the number nine there, Michael D. My Eustace horse. Um, it brings the Melbourne form. It brings different form. And the trial at Warwick Farm there on the 2nd of January was very, very impressive. He kind of sat just off mid-mill. He wobbled a little bit trying to come to the outside. But when he was shaken up and, and asked of something, he straightened so well and he hit the line like a rocket. So he's one that I think the market have forgotten. I do understand that. Like, he's one from five. But you go back and look at his form. He he beat Tom Melbourne by five lengths down the straight there on debut in the at Flemington. Yeah, so I right. think the horse certainly has ability. And the other one who brings the different form lines is a horse by the name of Sydney Bowler, who's actually been met with a bit of support. So he won a mate. He won a maiden there on the second of December. Then jumped up to BM sixty four grade, won very nicely there in the middle of December, and then jumped up again into a three year old BM seventy two grade and and put sword to them over the thirteen hundred meters. So he's another one that I think is a really good chance. It's just the barrier that I think is a bit off for him. Hideous barrier. Yeah, but the good thing is you go back and watch those three runs. The horse has been quite versatile. So he's actually sat back in runs. He's actually rolled forward in runs. Uh, as well, so I think being by um, being by deep field, I think he'll be fine if it is in the soft range. And I think he's a good chance as well. So from a betting perspective, I probably just have a couple of low to medium stakes on VC and Sydney Bowler and try and get that Brisbane and Sydney form beaten. What about a quaddy? Uh, some quaddy numbers here. This is a tough one because I think, like I said, anyone could win on those days. If you want to be, if you want to be really, um, how do I put this, conservative, then I'd be putting in one, two, 
10, 13, 9, and 19 if it makes the field, and then probably 7 and 15. Yeah, okay. If you want to be bullish, just chuck uh, 9 and 10. 9 and 10, huh? Yeah. Jeez. If you could jag that, that'd be nice. Oh, yeah. Now, Particularly prices. Oh, yeah. Race 10. So race 10, this is the race of the day for me. So this is the Magic Million, Millions Cup over 1,400 metres. So, again, it's a handicap. Um, good tempo set with Zushak using the inside draw to lead from Frosty Rocks. I think Zerastro has got really good gate speed and will likely roll forward from that outside barrier and probably sit two pairs back along with Tamerlane. And I think with the favourite far too easy, I think he's going to have to take his medicine. I think he's going to have to be all the way out the back. A horrible barrier. Isn't it? So you look at this, like you've got how many horses under $10 odds? Like it's a really, really good race. It is, isn't it? Now you rate this Zerastro, don't you? Yeah, big fan. So Zerastro to me, have you got a favourite in, in your markets? No, I don't. I've got far too easy, just favourite. Yeah. yeah, so I've got, yeah, got Zerastro as well. So Zerastro to me reminds me of a horse a couple of years ago by the name of Jonka. So it was a horse with a lot of ability that raced down in Sydney and just couldn't quite make it. Then it was transferred up here to Tony Golan, and first up it broke the, I can't remember if it was the Doombin or Eagle Farm 1,200-metre record. Either way, it came out and absolutely blitzed them. It was, I think, $20 or thereabouts into about $9 really late in betting, so someone knew something. He then went through the prep, very similar to Zarastro going up in in um, grade and then came to the Magic Million Sprint. He started around $5 and absolutely put them to the sword. And this just bring it just gives me um, Zonka Vibes 2.0. Yeah. So, you like, ever since he's joined Tony Golan, he's five from seven. Yeah, wow. It's good training. And the fact that the horse prior to that had only run two races. Good training by Golan. So I think he's a ripping chance. And I'm, I I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought if he gets into one of the Magic Millions races, I think he's a great chance. But unfortunately, he's drawn barrier 20. Yeah. Not what he wanted, but, was it? Jesus. Yeah, but, I, but I think that's the reason why we're probably getting a decent price about it, given that barrier. Yeah. A couple of, the, two, both the favourites are out in the car park. Yeah, well, a lot of the good horses are out in the car park. So you've got Far Too Easy, Zerastro, um, Lock Eagles out there, Tamerlane's out wide, Samana is a horse that I have a big opinion of, Battleton is out there. Like, all the good horses that I would consider putting in my courtier are all out. Yeah, wow. It's crazy, eh? Like, when I when I, when I was looking at the, the barrier draw around midday and my lunch break on Wednesday, I was like, Jesus Christ, we're going to get a price about a few of these horses. Certainly makes it interesting. Yeah. So I think Far Too Easy is a deserved favourite. He won so well on that Loch Ness Stakes, beating home 11-11 by four and a half lengths and Zusak by 5.7. So I think his obvious favourite is just that draw for him. King of Hastings barrier one here at 26 bucks. Yeah, I think that's a – he's one that I'll be putting in your exotics and your, and your quaddies just in case because – I thought he was very good in that Canterbury sprint behind insurrection and recommendation. The problem for him, though, is he's only one from seven at this at the 1,400 metres and zero from three at Gold Coast. Yes. Um, I'll be chucking him in, I think. I think he's definitely worth a play in, in your quality numbers, but in terms of winning chances, I don't think he will win. Yeah. Um, 
I think Lock Eagle brings the different form lines, gets Nash, um, which are two huge pluses. He drops back from the mile to the 1,400 metres, but I think he'll be fresh enough for this race after winning that Ingham. Um, now, he, he jumped from barrier 18 that day in the Ingham. Um, Chris Lees is flying, and I think if we get into the heavy range, I think it's going to be a really nice setup for him. So he's one that I wouldn't be leaving out, and I think regardless of Barry, he's a chance with Nash on. Got Tamerlane, um, was given a piece of a ride by Shin, uh, beating off Freedom Rally in 11-11 um, by 6.3, and I've just seen 11-11's been scratched. Um, so you can tie them kind of in with with far too easy. Um, another great chance, and I think a horse where it's if um, – if he was drawn in, I would have been much more bullish about his chances. I'm just worried about where he's going to end up from Barry 16. Yeah. Now, this is my Smokey for the race. Magic Millions race there at Wild. Now, Royal Merchant's $4.40 favourite for the last race in the Phillies and Mares. Samana drops three kilos from that run, gets a jockey upgrade from, unfortunately, Andrew Gibbons to, to his son, Dylan. Um, his two, two starts, um, second up for a win and a third, and his five starts for three wins and two seconds at the distance and handles all going. The only pot I have is that barrier. But what we did is, you got to look at it perfectly, is Dylan Gibbons managed to navigate um, Lock Eagle to win the Ingham really impressively from the wide barrier. So if there's a jockey who I think can do it from barrier 19, I think it's Dylan Gibbons. Yeah, right. Interesting. So that's you'll be betting on that. What do you think about Meridius while we're here? Yeah, brings the Melbourne form. Um, was uh, on the quick backup. So we, we as is Lavish Empire, who's in this race. Um, I thought Lavish Empire was given an absolute peach there by Josh Parr. That's my pocket speaking there. Um, Meridius was all right. Um, I thought standing by standing order was better. Um, and this is a big step up. So that was a class four last start. And now we're talking about a restricted um Magic Millions race. So Parr on board's a huge plus as she she rode at last start, and it does drop three kilos. But I think the other horses that we've mentioned, I think, are better chances. Yeah, okay. So betting betting wise for me, I'll probably have multiple stakes in this race. I'll probably have a decent bet on Zarastro and then I'll have two little savers on Lock Eagle and Samana. I'll try and be, get far too easy beaten and Tamerlane also. Can I just say I am going to have a little play and this is just a this is just a feeling I've got. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a play on Arente. Oh yeah. And what's your, what's your, what are you thinking with that? I don't know. I just feel like I've seen it run well, never bet on it. Yeah. And I just think it could just be with all those things drawn out in the car park. It just could be one of those races where some cheeky thing like that with an inside barrier just gets an easier, a softer run and finishes with a bit more in the tank. Just with a more economical run, mate. I'm, I'm not going to talk you out of that at all. And at 51 bucks is a good price. Damien Thornton's riding really well. Um, you'll probably get a good form line about how Hatchet and Bo Rumble go because they were beaten by uh, – they beat home RNT by about three lengths last start. Yep. Yep, true. Um, 
Yeah, I think I'm just going to have a little throw at the stumps on that one. Fuck it. No, no, I'm putting in your quaddy. So quaddy numbers in this race, um, I'd be putting in. Hold on, I'll just make it easy for everyone to read. I'd probably be going. I'd probably have to put Tamerlane in, so I'd be going one, three, five, um, twelve, and nineteen. If it is in the, if it does make the field. Yeah. Okay. Okay, now this would be a juicy quaddy. It is race eleven. So I don't really have an opinion in this race just because it's a fillies and mares, but I will make a case. Lady Laguna has been gifted the last two two runs. First up over eleven hundred meters there at um, Randwick was gifted up the rails on a day that it was very favourable to be up there. Same thing again happened there in the Nudgy Stakes where it was up the rails and got the, the suck run. Royal Merchant, I think, is going to struggle to run out 1,300 metres. I think it's eleven to 1,200-metre horse. Junkira, ripping chance, put in your quaddy. Willinga Beast is one from 12. Don't put it in. Miss Hellfire is a great chance, particularly if we are in the soft. Mm. Extremist will likely roll forward from the outside barrier. and. The only concern I have for it is running out a 13 strong 1300 metres. And then you've got Made to Fit, who's drawn very nicely to get the same run it had last week. It drops five kilos from that run. And I think it'll be better suited now with Jimmy Orman on board. So, quality numbers for this last leg. I'm going to risk the two favourites. I'm going to put 13, 11, 14, and that is it. Wow, ballsy. Well, there's no Muncie in here, so I would have chucked a Muncie in for you if, yeah. you, if we had the opportunity. Yeah, that's a shame. But, uh, yes, very ballsy, this. Um, I like the look of that, Quaddy. Yeah, so let's see how it goes. I can, I'll send, I can send those three numbers to you if, uh, if you need it. Yeah, perfect. All right. All right. What, what else are we going to do here? So quick, we'll do a quick one at Rose Hill. So we've got one race at Rose Hill, two at Flemington. Yeah. And then I'll give the $100 strategy. I don't have a Friday tip, which is really disappointing. I went through the fields and I couldn't find anything that I really am super keen on, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it sucks. I know everyone seems to like the Friday tips more than I give the Saturday tips. Well, they're highly effective. <laughs> yeah, the strike rate's a lot better than my Saturday. <laughs> Um, all right, so Rose Hill rails true. Weather's nice weather all week. Temperatures in the mid, in the high twenties. Good for expected on Saturday. Now the race I want to touch on is race nine, which is the BM seventy eight. It's over twelve hundred meters. Now we spoke about a horse that we liked in so good, so cool. Um, who we put in the black book. Now the horse is on the quick backup. It looked like a barrier trial last week with it getting running up a lot of interference between the six and the four, and then the two hundred to the post. Now, you look at this race, and there's a shit ton of speed drawn in. you got a very fast tempo, likely set by Rickon, Boston Rocks, Crips Tonight, Munitions, Outback Action, and Sir Ravenali. I think if, as long as the horse jumps on even terms, I think it's going to be ripe and ready for this horse, and I think it's a, a ripping each way play at around the 23-buck mark. Yeah, it's a lovely price there. Lovely. Yeah. And Sarah Ryan, or it's actually been met with support. What are we at now? So we are at. I've got. There you go. Has there been a bit, bit of marks? Has there been any scratchings? I think so. No. Sweet. There you go. 
you get a lot of people saying Boston Rocks is going to be the best bet of the day, and I can understand why, and I think it should deservedly favour it. It's got a great record, five starts, three wins in a second. I just think it's going to have to – it only beat home infatuation, which we spoke about in that three-year-old race, which I thought was junk. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's vulnerable, and I think it's going to set up for a horse like a So Good So Cool with a big turn of foot on it to finish. Okay, like that. I so like that's that. that. And then we go to Flemington. So Flemington, rails are out the four-meter position. So fair racing is always we expected. Nice weather all week. they got a hot day Friday and then colder day Saturday. No rain predicted. So I think we'll be in the good four. Sweet. So, what are we, where are we going here? So races five and six are the ones I want to touch on because they're the th- ones of my black bookers. So unfortunately, uh, I've got two black bookers that have met each other in race five in girls, girls, girls and interlinked. Ah. Which is really annoying. So girls, 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 I thought the horse has been really good for its last two starts. It's just met two really good horses on the rise. So first up was one length off dealing aces, who I think is a very smart horse. It came down the outside and clopped. I can't remember the exact figures. Don't quote me this, but I'm pretty sure the final 600 metres for it and dealing aces was something like eight to ten lengths quicker than normal benchmark figures for maiden grade. So it suggests to me that they both got really good ability. Um, then went to an 1,800-metre race there at Caulfield and, again, finished off really nicely to only go off, um, go down by 0.5 length to Angel Down, which um, was given an absolute peach by Jai McNeil and not bothered by anyone. So the horse had the, I guess, the race run to suit. Um, being by Fiorenta, I suggest to me 2,000 metres is actually going to be the perfect trip for her. So I think she's a great chance, and I think it wouldn't surprise me to see her pop up in a lot of pro tips as tips. The other one is Interlinked, which is going to have to carry the big weight there. Um, it's undefeated. Obviously, I always say beware of the undefeated horse. Um, it was enormous uh, last start over the BM64, over the mile there. It does have to step up to 2,000 metres, which is a decent step up for a horse having its second start. Horse is by Savabil, so you one would suggest that 2,000 metres is going to be perfect for it. Um, that run there at Caulfield on the 14th of December was against the track bias for the day. Remember that day where it was really um, favourable to be on speed? Yeah. Yeah, so this horse actually came down the outside and, and won amazingly, knocking off Sox Station by 0.1 of a length. Yeah, righto. Can't remember. So... That. In a perfect world, I just want one of the horses to scratch for some unknown reason so I can back the other. But if not, um, I'd probably leave the race alone. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that was the only one you wanted to – oh, no, you had another one at Flemington, yeah? Yeah, so this is my best bet at Flemington, actually. So this is a horse by the name. It's actually a good price for you as well. It's called Morkeb or Morkeb. Right, what race is this? So this is race six. Okay, Morkeb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is more keb. So the moderate speed anticipated for this race. Oh, sorry, this is a 1,600-meter race, uh, BM78, so it's a handicap there. Moderate speed anticipated with all the um, speed drawn inside with Friday at 5 and Soaring Eagle. I think everyone else will kind of find their spots as as they roll across. Now, Fire at Etna being the favorite. was scratched from last week's race there at Geelong, where I think it was a, it was a decent chance. Um, brings good form lines and good figures coming in after a nice win there in BM64 grade at Seymour. 
does step up in trip, which has been at before for um, for a second. This is a step up in grade. So this is going from a 64 to a, um, to a 78. But I think uh, Sam and Anthony Friedman, I think they've both got a decent opinion of the horse. Yeah, okay. If they got Dane on tour, who was in BM70 grade, um, won really nicely in a Phillies and Mares race there at Caulfield, um, put sword to them and won by two and a half lengths. And you can see it's been met with a bit of support there. It's about $9 into about $5. Thereabouts, and then the horse that I really like, and and what I said was Morkeb. So, this horse has been in my black book since a really nice jump out two starts ago behind Private Jumbo. Um, that horse obviously hasn't done anything since; it's probably been sent for a spell. But the horse when went to Sandown first up and was beaten by the race shape, and it was a day where it was really difficult to make up ground. And this horse actually clocked some good set late sectionals. It then went to a BM70 over the 1,400 metres and rocketed home to only go down by 0.2 of a length. Now, I was on it that day at 21s, which was really shattering. Oh. Um, yeah, it was really, really shattering because it was flying home and I just I didn't want to see the winning post and then um, Vagrant just got the winning post and annoyingly. So I did have an each-way play on it, so I got my money back, but still 21s would have been nicer. Now, Bloody you go and look. Yeah, so you go and look at that run there. So there was a race, the last race on the day was a BM84. So we're looking at a a, a step up in grade again. And that race was won by um, Lounge Bar Ruby with Toronto Terrier there in, in second. Now, Toronto Terrier is a good horse in his own day. Now, that race, the BM84, was 3.6 lengths slower than Morkeb's race. Right. So what that suggests to me is the two horses, like the the gap back to – there was a decent gap back to third, about a length. So Vagrant and Morkeb have both done very well in that run. So I think given the fact that we're going to be stepping up to the mile, which I think is the perfect for Morkeb, third up now, fit. I think it's going to get the right run in race. It's going to come to the outside, and I think it's got the best finish on it, and I think it'll likely win this race, and that's why it's my best bet there at Flemington. Okay. Awesome. I like that. Good value. Yeah, it's around the $6 mark. And I think the, the money's going to probably still come for Dane on tour and Fire Retina. So I think you can wait and I think you'll get a better price on the day. Okay. Lovely. Now, what is the $100? So $100 strategy. So we're going to go $25 on Morkeb there at Flemington Race 6. We're going to have $20 on Hard to Say there at around the $11 mark there at Gold Coast Race 7. Nice. We're going to have $25 on Highness there at $6.50 there at Gold Coast Race 8. We're going to have $15 on VC Gold Coast Race 9. And then we're going to have $5 to win, $10 to place on So Good, So Cool there at Rose Hill Race 9. Right. Interesting. A lot of lot of plays there. So we're going we yeah, we're going a bit wide because if you look at the bat what Morkeb is the best bet there in the hundred dollar strategy at six bucks. Hard to say eleven, highness six fifty, VC nineteens, I think it is, and then so good, so cool around the twenty three. So we've got a quite a decent um average price there. You work, on Saturday. Have, you, have you worked out what that'll pay if you hit all of them? Uh, I'll work it out now for you if you want. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. Just two of them to break even, or something, or one even? Just one. We just need one to to break to break even. Yeah. Okay. 
we're still following the same strategy, but I if we, I'm just working it out now for you. So 20. All right, so if if all of them come off, which is highly, highly unlikely, from your hundred dollars, you will pocket nine hundred and eighty-two dollars and fifty cents. Nice. That could so happen. Not bad. Could it happen. could it could happen. It could happen. Crazy we'll things see. have happened. That crazy things have happened and it is magic millions. Exactly. It's been very fruitful for me in the in the years. All right, well we'll 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 be following you then again. Brilliant. <laughs> well, that's it. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, not really. I think that's pretty much it. This is like the grand final for everything and um yeah. Bring it on, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate. Well, uh, good to be on with you again. Thanks for having me. Good to have <laughs> good to have someone back with me. It's nice to have a chat to someone. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Good luck on the weekend. Let's get it. All right. Have a good one, bud. Okay, mate. See ya.